You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Okay, uh, welcome back, Taylor. Hi. Uh, we have no time for other pleasantries. We got to get no, to yep. this. Uh, no introduction, nothing. Let's no. jump right we in. We have no time for anything fun and for me to yammer on and make jokes. So uh, this is what we're doing today, everybody. The Oscar nominations just came out this week, just came out on Monday, as well as we were asking for fan questions because Taylor was afraid Nobody was listening to the show. And what we discovered is a lot of you are listening to the show and a lot of you have really strong opinions on a lot of things that Taylor said. So what we're going to, what we're going to do is. Be careful what you wish for essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor, I don't know. Like you drew, like, honestly, you, you just asked for it. You, you're like, let's I did. fans right in. No one else is talking, but Josh. And then they all wrote in and they've got a lot of things to say. So um, today, what we're going to do a little differently is. We're, we're basically going to go back and forth. We're going to talk about an Oscar-nominated category, and then we're going to hear from a fan. And then we're going to go back to an Oscar category, and then I we're going to hear it. from a fan. And I've even themed it a little bit, so some of the stuff we talk about will appear in the fan question. It's like the fans dictated our Oscar episode without even trying. That's exactly. how great our fans are. And, uh, I mean, it's not going to be perfect. Some of them are stretches, um, but, 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 uh, but some of them really fit. Some of them really, really fit. There's lots of things we're actually going to be talking about and lots of people we're going to talk about that fans asked about. So a lot of them fit and otherwise I, I just kind of made it work. Which is pretty typical of the show. Let's face it. Uh, yeah. I mean, though, I will say the not typical thing is we put a little bit more thought into it than none at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's get to this. I got my water, had a drink. Let's go. Me so too. we're gonna, we're going to start. Ready. We're going to start at the top here. And we're going to we're going to do cuz we're only going to go through the big categories, the Oscars like we always do. I know there's lots of other ones and you know, we'll we'll probably talk about them here and there. But we're going to talk about all the acting categories, we're going to talk about best picture, um some of the writing categories, those kind of like larger ones. So let's talk best picture first. Now, Taylor, do you know these nominations? Like do you, have you seen a list? Did you pay attention or are you hearing it for the first time? I'm hearing it for the first time because today was an unusually busy day at work. So uh-huh. I was like on the phone with clients all day. This so is no. on brand for you. I, I love when we do this because you hear it for the first time. We kind of get your initial <laughs> reaction. You sometimes say things and our fans call you out on it. So let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I get in trouble. The nominations. There are eight nominations for Best Picture this year. Uh, Just a quick reminder that this is the only category that has a flexible number. Most have five nominations, but Best Picture can have up to ten. So they could have ten. Every movie that came out this year is nominated for Best Picture. They've nominated all eight movies, and I will now go through that. Actually, there's a little bit of controversy that's out there already about what wasn't nominated, but we'll we'll get to that down the road as we review them. Okay, here we go. Uh, Best Picture nominations are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, No Man Land, Mm -hmm. Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. So a quick review. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, No Man Land, Promising Young Woman, 
Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. So those are our nominations. Those are the the eight movies that they that they nominated. Now, I just want to say, Taylor, just the things that I heard from like some reporters today and some already think pieces. There's a couple films that people thought should have been nominated because you, you could nominate 10. Um, so one of them is Regina King's film, um, the, the Night in Miami. Um, sorry, I think it's called um, One Night in Miami is the name of the film. That one okay. was not nominated and a lot of people felt like it should have been. Um, mm-hmm. we, we will eventually get to it and watch it and give our own opinion. But that's one snub, quote unquote, that I've heard about from people out there. Um, any thoughts on those eight films? The only two that I guess, not surprises, but are kind of that I don't know about is the Minari movie, mm-hmm. um, which actually I just saw, I think yesterday, like strolling on social media, I did see some articles about it, but it didn't like click on it. And then The Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. So those are when we talked about, I mean, gosh, it's been like, what, two or three weeks now when we did the Golden Globes review. Those two, I don't think were mentioned in the Golden Globes. No, and Minari is a film, I had heard a little bit about Minari, but leading up to this weekend as like getting some some buzz. Um, it's about a Korean film who moved, uh, sorry, a Korean family who moves to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Yen is in it, who I know from, uh, the, Walking from the Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> I was wondering what he's been doing, and apparently that. it's this film. Um, <laughs> and uh, one of the uh, one of the other actors is also nominated uh, in this uh, in in a different acting category, and Lee Isaac Chung is the director. Um, who I I looked up his filmography because I was like, has, has he done anything? And I have I don't recognize anything, but he only has like a handful of director credits. You know how sometimes even people have like twenty credits, but you've only heard of like two or three yeah. of them because they there's everything. He literally only has eight, so he's relatively new. Um, he cool. looks young, so kind of a new director coming into the fold here but yeah i i'm with you i'm uh, only into this weekend had i heard about minari and it's nominated for several um categories so i'm i'm gonna definitely check out minari and then yeah sound of metal i had no idea what that was the name sounds <laughs> familiar but like i don't like i couldn't tell you anything about yeah. it yeah, and I mean, like, otherwise, though, I think, you know, Mank, we talked about, we thought yeah. it was going to be there. There was a lot of buzz around the father, um, promising young woman. Um, Nicole told us about No Man Land, like, long before uh, any of this buzz mm-hmm. when we talked. We were talking about uh, TIFF, and uh, no no surprise, it's nominated. I, okay, so little, little, um, little thing here where this has never happened. I want to review a film next week that I've actually just recently seen. I went to the screening room this weekend and I <gasps> you saw were so brave. Yeah, I went and I saw Judas and the black Messiah. Um, and I, I want to review it in full next week. So okay. I want to talk about this movie in full next week. The one thing I will say is I little, little spoiler. I liked it, but I am surprised it's nominated for best picture. I, I would not have put it there. So listeners, the hate that's normally directed at me can be directed at Mike for that very controversial statement. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm being very controversial right off the bat. Um, I just thought it was a very good movie. I thought the performances were fantastic, but I kind of thought that, that it sort of stopped there. Like, I thought the direction was surprisingly weak. Um, the writing was okay. The who directed it? The movie was way off. Um, I I can't name it off the top of my. Head. I don't even know who did. Oh, off so like the top not necessarily like a household name. 
Um, no, actually, I do think it's somebody who um, who ha- who I recognize. I just can't name it off the right. top of my head. I, I'll look it up and, and we'll bring it into the conversation. But And certainly next week. I, I, I want to talk mainly about this film next week because there's okay. a lot to unpack about the movie. And again, I did like it. I have a lot of very positive things to say, but I just felt it was a very, very, very uneven film. Fair um, and when I think best picture, I think, oh, it's not just one area that's really good. There's like lots of interesting things in here. Um, I mean, it's which, gotta be the best. <laughs> Otherwise, that's the idea. Um, yeah. So yeah, there uh, we'll talk about the director and and uh, and this film uh, later. But there you go. That those are our best picture uh, nominations, and that brings us to our first fan question um, from Nicole. Great from from your friend Nicole, who says, "Oh, hey." Taylor and Mike. Did you really write, minute. oh, hey? Uh, actually, she wrote, oh, hey, Taylor and Mike. <laughs> it's been a minute, smiley face. I have a rather controversial question for you. Do you think that awards like the Golden Globes and the Oscars are becoming more and more obsolete? Given the lack of diversity in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and the fact that we found out that Emily and Paris bought their Golden Globe nomination, do you think we should scrap the prestige of these awards? Should we put more emphasis on awards uh, that film audience members can vote on so that old, rich, white people aren't uh, the only ones' votes that we count? XOXO, your annoying TIFF correspondent. I wanted her to go XOXO Gossip Girl, but she did close enough. Um, I uh, hot take did not know. I knew it was. I knew that Emily in Paris winning a Golden Globe was very controversial, just because the the um, the program is not very good. Allegedly, I I haven't watched it, but it's even people who like it say it's bad. Like it's one of those kind of shows. Right. So right. I knew that there was controversy that it won. Um, did not know that they allegedly. Maybe it's not even allegedly. I didn't read the article. But I, I, I didn't looked know it they, up. Did they I buy it? it? So like, what happened was, yeah, like, well, okay, I don't know if it's proven or not. And most of the places that I read this were not exactly reputable news sources. Right. So I don't know like, how true it is, but it could be, could not be. But the story that I think Nicole is referring to is that the producers paid for a trip to Paris for like a lot of the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Okay, then yeah, that's but that's that's like that to me that's that buying it, right? Like <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what a, that would, to me that is the de- if that's true that is the definition of a bribe. But to like, when would that be normal? Like that, like no, yeah, that's that's bribery. Um, I mean, yeah, it would, like the thing is here is because to me there's two separate things here. There's there's the the whole the Golden Globes and the Oscars, which to me are two separate things. The Golden Globes has never been serious, like never. They people don't even take it seriously who attend it. They just get drunk. True. Like y- they even talk about that in interviews. They talk about oh it's just a good place to party. Um, and the 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 Hollywood Foreign Press Association nominate people they want to have fun and party with that night. Like and that's they had they, a lot they, of fun in Paris. <laughs> Yeah, like that's, you know, but I mean, and this year's obviously different, but I don't think Golden Globes and Oscars are on the same level by way of the industry. I'm not even talking about us. I'm talking about the prestige that the industry, because there's a lot of people who are happy and thrilled and honored to receive an Oscar nomination and to win an Oscar. But also Oscars have been proven to boost ticket sales and popularities of movies, whereas the Golden Globes has not done that consistently. That so being, I think these are two completely different things. That being said, I do think that 
um, award shows are going out. Look, I when um, the Super Bowl, Mike, your your big event was a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently the even the halftime show, it was the um, the ratings are not have progressively been going down each year, right? And that's mm-hmm. the same with these award shows. So I think just when you're looking at ratings, like who's turning in year after year, they are just losing viewers, like hand over fist. You know what I mean? So yeah, like people aren't really watching them. And if no one's watching them, what's the point? But that being said, though, at least I'm, I've never been a go. Uh, Golden Globes person like as a family we never watched the Golden Globes it was just the Oscars that we really um tuned into and so for years people you know the Oscars have been like oh my gosh none of the young people are watching and I think it just goes to show again they need to put it online no one has cable I agree with you except for you well, okay, except for yes, and I have Nicole, maybe, <laughs> um, and maybe potentially Nicole. Though who knows how she gets some of these awards? Yeah, you know? like, uh, <laughs> but um, I I would just I I think if you want your media to be accessible, and we we talked about this on the show, all we talk about it all the time, right? If the Oscars and probably the Golden Globes, if they were online streaming, uh, like you know. Netflix somehow bought the rights to it and you were able to tune in live 100% I would watch but at this point in my life I, I don't have cable so there's literally no way for me to watch these unless it's um like a bootleg stream and it yeah. cuts out 15 minutes in and you're trying to find a new link and that would be the only way to solve sort of the second part of what Nicole said about like you know old it's it's all old people who, yes. who vote and get opportunities. Well, it's because they haven't adapted to the times at all. Like if you want young people to to pay attention to something or want to join one of these organizations or like feel that they are excited and that the Oscars is an event, I think you have to start streaming it and you have to find innovative ways. I mean, you're competing with a lot of entertainment that has found different ways to get reached people all over the place. So you, I think you have to do that. You have to start to innovate and and you have to do that which they're not doing again i still think the golden globes and oscars are two completely different things and they may have similar sort of problems um within them but i don't think anyone in the industry or outside takes the golden globes even remotely as serious as the oscars so i think it's like the golden globes have always been a joke and the fact that someone would like buy nominations doesn't change the fact that they're a joke i do think the oscars could be better I think awards are fun. Like you bring up the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is a good example and sports are a good example. The Super Bowl game is always kind of hit and miss. Like it could be good, could be bad, like whatever, but it's the excitement and the experience that you're kind of going for. Yeah. That's why you're watching it. And I think the Oscars could do that where they, they try to make it more of an interesting experience in a night. But what more I will say show, is more of a show, yeah, and less a show. Of the awards. Some of the best, like, I think the best Oscars I've ever seen was the one during the recession where they were in, they were in like a smaller space and Hugh Jackman hosted it. And he did like a musical number at the beginning where it was basically sets. The, the joke was he made these sets in his garage. 
right. and it was just like these terrible sets for movies that brought. But like to me, that was the best one. It was entertaining. You had someone who got up there and sang and danced and made a bunch of jokes and like didn't really take himself too seriously, but was there to entertain in like kind of a classy way. I think that kind of works. Chris Rock was really good. Like I think I do think a good host and a good like performance and a good you know a good atmosphere that you set up and getting into people's homes by streaming could solve a lot of those issues at least um that i mean the diversity issues are things that that they just have to continue to work on more people just need to be brought to the table apparently the golden globes only has like less than 100 like members who vote oh. on on these movies like that's a ridiculously low number like it's it's something very very small so that that's a problem and those types of things need to kind of be fixed but I, one thing I will say that the Oscars still does and still does well, you and I are now taught, we were just, we we're talking about two films that we kind of had never heard of before, Minari and The Sound of Metal. And you and I will go watch those movies. Um, they're films that have a lot of diversity in them in terms of who's involved. And we are now going to get to actually watch them because of the Oscars. Yeah, I would say, um, our, kind of to Nicole's point about like voting, right? Like, who wins best picture and who wins best actor and actress. Um, I don't know. Like I've never, I've always taken Oscar wins with a grain of salt. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't actually watch the Oscars. I guess I'm never surprised with who wins the Oscar. And I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So I guess that part really why I would turn tune into the Oscars. It's less about, like who actually wins. Cause it's kind of like a class competition, like popularity contest. Um, I really do turn in for like the tune in for the spectacle, right? Seeing your favorite actors and actresses, but like certainly yes. Do they have a diversity problem? Yes. Does it need to be fixed? Yes. But am I still going to care who they vote best picture? Probably not. Like, <laughs> and, and another thing to her point, I actually think the thing that Nicole said here about, um, should we put more emphasis on awards that film audience members pick? I think that's going to make things worse, Nicole. Not Me better. too. Because <laughs> too. Lo- look at the look at the films that have the highest box. Like Tenet's winning Best Picture this year. Like that's that's your Best Picture winner. It's going to be Tenet. Yeah. And then the next thing will be whatever Zack Snyder came out with. Like it's yeah, going to be Christopher Nolan. Like, well, that's true because <laughs> billions of dollars gets get spent to the theaters in these. And if you leave it up to audience members to vote, I actually think the problems that, that Nicole are pointing out here, diversity um, and the issues about age of voters, it's act, it's not going to be better. It's it's going to get worse. It's not actually going to be better. I think the way to do it is it's the Screen Actors Guild in that type of way. Your peers should be voting on things. Yeah. That's how you should do it. Those are the awards that I think probably mean the most to the people. Everyone who's all- nominated gets a vote. Everyone nominated gets a vote. You're you're part of the the Hollywood Acting Guild. You're part of the Directors Guild. Like your fellow directors voted you best director. Like those are the types of things that I think makes it more prestigious. I like that a but, lot. Yeah, That's like audience idea. members, it's not going to help. It, it won't. Like I'm not. I'm not even joking. Tenet tr- would have won best picture. Like we're trash. Let's let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, audience <laughs> members suck. Audience movie we're, theater goers are terrible. What we're are you talking about <laughs> garbage. We have garbage opinions. <laughs> Garbage <laughs> bands were terrible. Um, thank you, Nicole, for that. Yeah. That's, uh, that was a good question. But uh, we're moving on because we have a lot of things to get through and we got lots of questions and they're all great. So Best Director nominations came in. Cool, cool, cool. Um, uh, we've got uh, f- five nominees. Thomas 
Vintenberger for another round. That has Matt's Mickelson. I wanted to see that one. It was at the screening room for a little bit. David Fincher, Mank. Yep. Lee Isaac Chung, Minari. There's Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, I didn't realize he was, I forgot he was nominated. Um, Chloe uh, Zhao for No Man Land. And Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Um, So just a couple interesting things is we've got uh, two female directors nominated. Um, Lee Isaac Chung, this is his first nomination. As I said, he's only got about eight directing credits or so. Uh, David Fincher, you know, I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, And then, yeah, uh, Thomas um, Vintenberger for another round. That kind of surprised me. I I didn't even, this movie kind of wasn't on my radar either. I'd heard of it, but wasn't on my radar. It's always, I... (sighs) It always strikes me as odd, um, and it may be just because, again, I've said on the show before, like, directors, like, I don't know, I don't really get <laughs> direction, but and it always strikes me as odd when um, a film, like, another round, it it's being nominated for Best Director, but isn't mm-hmm. really in any other category. I assume Correct. that it's going to be in Best International Film. I will have to check when we get there. Um, I assume. But, yeah. But otherwise, it's like, that's weird. Like, I don't know. Like, how can be how can the directing be that good? But then the rest of the movie, like acting, writing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just odd. You would think if the best director is nominated, then it, that at bare minimum, it would connect most with best picture. Right. Uh, because the director does carry a lot of that. Now, maybe they just felt like the direction was really good, but everything else was bad. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen this movie, but you're right. It, it is a little odd in this like, category there that seems you would to be have a, a disconnect random. yeah I don't that's know. very true no you, you're absolutely right um again it's it, you know to me it's all these movies like i minari's on my list to see now no man lands on my list to see now promising young woman for sure mank i i've seen um another i'm I, like do i watch another round just for this one it's a category? dark comedy like <laughs> you know that's the thing it's just kind of randomly thrown in there but hey maybe Maybe he deserves it. Maybe it's it was a really great directing film. I, I again, I don't know, but I do agree with what you're saying. It is odd. Their best director, but nothing else. Like it's just, the direction was amazing. It was so good. Yeah. It was one of the best five directed films of the year. Not best picture though. <laughs> it almost like it would make more sense for me if like you had taken one of the directors from best like a best picture film. And even if you didn't really think the director was that good, you would still substitute that director into that. That would make more sense instead of ran- adding in a random movie. Well, <laughs> and, ag- and again, Mike, again, it, it, depending upon why this was like, you know, we can we can think Golden Globes wrote and be like, is there something fishy going on here or is it actually that good? Like, is be. there something that we just don't know that we're missing? Instead of them throwing someone in there, they're being like, no, 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 this film's not going to get recognized anywhere. We have to recognize this direction because of how good it was. Um, yeah, I mean, that it's very fascinating. And I guess we'll probably have to watch it and, yeah. and see. Uh, next fan question that doesn't really go along with this, but sort of does. I'm going to make it work <laughs> because he brings up a director is Tyler. Uh, Tyler's back. Uh, dear Mike and Taylor, and he underlined Mike, uh, he said, it is I um, slinking back into the email fold after my misnaming blunder from a few weeks back. My mistake has weighed heavily on my mind. 
uh, as I also spent a good chunk of my life being carelessly misnamed by the masses, often Taylor, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, rest assured that I have spent time away, submerged in a pool of self-flagellation and unmitigated penance. I hope that I may be forgiven for my transgressions. Yes, he called me Mark um, <laughs> in an email a few weeks back. Uh, I am, of course, Mike. Uh, I haven't I haven't decided if I'm going to forgive you. Um, actually, you know what, Tyler? I will forgive you, but I'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I must say that I have really enjoyed your last few episodes. It was great to hear from all the Canadian filmmaking talent that you had on the show. And the WandaVision talk echoed my own intense enjoyment of the show. I still think Taylor could get behind a large portion of WandaVision, mostly for the sitcom physique and the Lynchian horror elements. Something to consider, Taylor, maybe diving into that. A few Inquisitor-esque questions for you in honor of the mailbag episode. So he's got a couple questions, so we'll just uh, rapid fire through these. If you could have one famous director on the podcast to interview, who would it be? See how I connected that to director? And my answer is David Lynch. Is it? Yeah, so it does connect back to his Lynchian horror in his comment. Don't you think you'd be so fun? Especially because our fans seem to not like him. Because so. our fans don't like him, it would be it would be hilarious. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'd write in fan questions, and it would be very interesting. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. well, I hope that our listeners know that I love, you know, zaniness, weirdness, um, but also just like wholesome personalities. And I feel like David Lynch really hits all those boxes. Like I think he would just be a joy to talk to. I agree. I think that like he has whimsy. He, you know, he, he loves yeah, life. yeah. And I feel like you're right. He would give the most interesting interview. Yeah. Of anyone that that we could have. Yeah. I was trying to think about this because the famous director portion of it kind of threw me off because some of the people I thought of, I'm like, well, they're not really famous yet. Like they're they've only done a handful of films, but it would just be interesting. Like I'm most interested by someone who's breaking into the sort well, of directing I think circles, even if they're not like necessarily famous if they have a movie people would know about well like bo bo burham who who oh, you know he's he, famous Mike. oh is he yes. i don't know i i had never heard about him but till eighth grade and then i i saw he did a lot of song parodies on youtube um that would be I a good fit for the famous. show because he's young he's funny yeah yeah because i thought like he and he's kind of breaking into the industry and he's writing stuff that like wasn't really written about years ago and he seems kind of like he seems sort of modern and kind of understands what's going on, but like I would be just very interested to see what he thinks. Yeah, about breaking into the industry. So yeah, Bo Burnham was kind of my pick. Um, if you uh, were to make an indie film together, what genre would it be, and what roles would you two fill? So if you and I got together and decided we're making an indie film, um, what how, what roles would we play within making this film, and and what genre would it? You definitely be the producer. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would be the producer, obviously. I'd may, maybe do some writing on it because yeah. I've always loved writing. Uh, we'd probably work on the script together, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think we would have to. I don't. I think you would. You would take over producing, but I feel like we would have to co-direct. Like it wouldn't be fair if one of us took lead director. You know what I mean? Or we could bring in a stringer. Like you could bring That's in a director, true. so you and I can focus on the script. 
and make those types of decisions, but bring in another voice, like say Bo Burham and be like, (laughs) you, you direct our film and we'll, you know, we'll kind of, you know, take care or one of the directors we've chatted with over the past few weeks, maybe they do it. Um, But yeah, I I feel like that might also be a good way to do it. If we both worked on the script, it might be easier to bring in another voice so we can, you and I could just focus on script stuff and they can handle directing. I think I'd also want to be I guess that is direction like I would want to be in charge of like the overall like art direction of the film like you know production design yeah yeah production design like scouting locations like production design having a hand in the costuming like even like soundtrack stuff I would be really Mm -hmm. passionate about and producers do that as well like you know that's you're also describing a producer who will often take on those types of roles too so we would just kind of have a finger in every pie. I think yeah. <laughs> it we would be we would do like a coming of age movie. Coming of age story. Yeah. Like yeah. it would be funny and tragic and we would laugh and we would cry and it would be great. <laughs> yeah. And Nicole would be in it. Yep. Yeah. Nicole would be the lead. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we would figure out things from there. Yeah. No, I think it uh, I think you're describing exactly what our film would be. Um, okay, he's got now one question for each of us. Uh, okay. My answer is short, so you can spend more time on, on yours. But uh, he says, for me, hypothetically, let's say an anti-Marvel Marvel mentality was to sweep the world and an angry mob was intent on burning every copy of every Marvel movie. If you were only able to save five Marvel movies from their clutches for future generations, which ones would they be? Five um, too I- many. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So Taylor's leading this mob. Uh, I would say, you know what I would say, honestly, Tyler, I would say, take me with you. Then if you're going to burn them, you take me with you because the world is no longer worth living in. Um, I I think for me, you have to pick the lead up to Infinity War and and Endgame. So Captain America Civil War would be would be, I think, one of them. Um, Infinity War and Endgame would for sure be there. And then kind of like the the aftermath and, and lead up. So Thor Ragnarok and the Spider-Man homecoming, those would be the five that I would pick because I think it tells a pretty good story cohesively together. And I actually think that two or three of those films are show legitimate, good filmmaking techniques and could be, if we didn't have a bias against genre could be considered in certain like awards thing. And if you were showing it to future generations, you could point out things that were happening in film through some of these things. So those would be the five. Um, Taylor, hypothetically, if you had to live in a set from one Wes Anderson, one of Wes Anderson's movies, which one would it be? Okay, so I was telling Mike before we started recording the show. Um, I said, Mike, I haven't had a lot of time. I didn't really get to think too much about the questions you sent me in advance. I thought hard, like I went to sleep thinking about this one, and you know, I started eliminating some of the movies. So I'm thinking, like, if it was like set. Not so much like living on a set, but like just my life took place like in that. You know what I mean? Like that's what he yeah. probably means. Like the I'm set sure is in my house. Yeah. But like, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, India would be too hot. I have rosacea, so I can't do the Darjeeling Limited. That's um, I can't do um, Grand Budapest Hotel because I don't want to live during a war. Uh, so Eastern Europe, out. Um, then I was thinking, okay, um, what does that really leave me? I think by default, just in terms of my preferences as where, of where I would want to live, um, kind of Eastern seaboard living on an Island, I think by default, Moonrise Kingdom 
would probably be where I would want to live. Okay. Um, I don't want to live under the water, so that yeah, would be a life aquatic. <laughs> I thought that's where, yeah, that's where you were going, and I was like, wait a minute, what life aquatic? No, Moonrise Kingdom, you know, like, yeah. cute little seaboard house, like, getting okay. to wear rain slickers all the time. Like, I think 1960s, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Moonrise Kingdom. Okay, Moonrise Kingdom. A little bit better than what I thought you were going with. I honestly thought you were going to talk about the life of quiet. I want to live in a submarine. No. Live in a submarine? <laughs> um, all right. Next category. It's best actor in a leading role. Um, so five nominations again here. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Gary Oldman for Mank. And Stephen Yen for Minari. I don't know who would win. Like... Yeah, in terms of like who you're not saying who you, you think should win in terms of like who will actually win, you don't know. Like I don't well, it, it's hard. I can't I don't really want to weigh in because I've seen so few of the movies this year. Yeah. Um yeah. so I don't want to weigh in that way, but just in terms it seems like based on their records, it seems like a fairly stacked category. It'll be interesting to see if they go with sort of young or if they go with kind of like tried and true, like Gary Oldman, Anthony yeah, Hopkins, or if they like, go with a younger Riz Ahmed and Stephen Yen, like they're they're new to like in terms of like Academy stuff. Like they've been in several things, but they're both younger yeah, actors. Ahmed... No, never mind. <laughs> Not even completely close. Uh, no, um, <laughs> whatever you're about to say, yeah. no, he didn't. Um... <laughs> like he's never been nominated, right? No, he hasn't. I mean, he uh, he's been in a couple of things, um, in but he. You know, he was in he was in a couple uh, couple things like that most people would know him from. Like I don't know, he was in Ven- he was the bad guy in Venom, uh, and he was in uh, one of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. But he has uh, him and Stephen Yen have yet to be nominated for anything, and they're both up for best actor in a leading role, um, which made me even more interested in seeing Sound of Metal and Minari, even though I I was already kind of going like, oh cool, but the fact that like best picture and an actor up for it, like. That makes me go, okay, these movies have got to be worth seeing. And then Chadwick Boseman. Well, it's funny that you bring up Chadwick Boseman because we have a pair of fan questions yeah, that's that address I, I... Chadwick Boseman <laughs> um, and uh, and some things Taylor has said. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's hear from Cody first because Cody is a lot more uh, uh, succinct with what he's trying to say versus the other person um so cody says on the episode about uh how to fix radios you discussed chadwick boseman's golden globe win and how he'll like he he likely that the oscars will pick um gary oldman or anthony hopkins unless they do a diversity pick that felt really uncomfortable to me oldman has only been nominated twice and won once while hopkins only won uh, once out of five nominations, four of which were before the year 2000. While Chadwick hasn't been nominated before for either Golden Globe or an Oscar, his performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I feel, was deserving regardless of race. He really was uh, only seven years into his career and consistently put up amazing work, especially in biopics. I won't disagree there. Uh, Hopkins and Oldman are really not Oscar contenders when you look at the stats compared to them uh comparing them to people like, say, Meryl Streep. The only thing that I would really make them notable is their tenured career and both being old white men. I know I it wasn't in, uh, the intended effect, but it was an effect of phrasing nonetheless. Calling his performance a diversity pick undermines his work and gives credence to all those who truly believe that. 
So let's uh, let's talk about this because Cody's referring to you and I were trying to figure this out. Um, but Cody was referring to the conversation that we had last week about um, I specifically I said that he was only nominated for a Golden Globe because he passed away, um, not uh, not connected to diversity. And I still I still believe that um, same with his Oscar nomination. I think there the, he was in a movie this past year that was better in terms of his performance. I think his performance in The Five Bloods for Best Supporting Actor would have been a better nomination than Mon Rainey's Black Bottom. I thought Mon Rainey's Black Bottom was good, but not incredible. And certainly I just didn't think of all the things he's done, you would nominate him for, for this film. Um, but in terms of the, the comment here, because Taylor, you said that you thought the Oscars might put him in um, as kind of a diversity pick. That was more you saying that that was your fear of that, not that that's what should happen. Yeah, it's always funny how our listeners, like, I, it's always like these off, like one-off lines that our listeners like really fixate on when it comes to what I say. And I think some sometimes it's taken out of context. So I guess my... Um, what I was trying to say, and I, I'm sorry if it did make like anyone uncomfortable... And I didn't mean it in like a derogatory way. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen the movie that he's nominated for, so I don't know what his acting's like. But what I was trying to say is um, historically, the the Oscars are inclined to nominate and then give the award to like non diverse people, right? Um, but every once in a while, given the political climate, they might throw out, for a lack of a better term, like a diversity nomination. And I think at the time I was saying, like, I wonder if that will happen this year. Not again, to what Mike is saying, not that like, it should be. But um, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's the I, way I don't I want to defend it. myself. No, you know what no, I mean? I, but... no. I, I mean, I, Cody, Cody even brought it up here, and this is why I wanted to read Cody's comments first because it's better than the next person. Um, Cody said that it, it may have simply not been the intended effect, but that's what he took from it. That's totally respectable and fine. If if Cody took that way, we'll clear it up right now. The way I had took your comment was this is the track that the Oscars often yeah. do and he's going to be the only person of, of any sort of diversity who's nominated and it's a shame because he's passed away and they're just doing it because, well, you know, we just get, we're going to honor him in some way and, and throw it in there. Now, I will say you know, there's some diversity in this category. Chadwick Boseman is the only person who's black who was nominated for best uh, leading actor, but Riz Ahmed and Stephen Yen are not white, so yep. they are both people who who are, you know, nominated. And from what we've heard, they deserve it. We're gonna spend the next month and a half figuring that out for ourselves. Um, but I think the main point that we were trying to make was Chadwick Boseman is one hundred percent being nominated for this category because he passed away, and that sucks. And it was very emotional when it happened, and I think it was very sad. When he passed away and this was someone who had a bright future ahead of him but they're doing the same thing they did with heath ledger i think chadwick boseman had a can name at least three other performances that he has done in his career that should have been nominated for oscars and wasn't and that's so, kind of to my that's like what i was trying to get at right yeah, is that yeah. sometimes what happens with the oscars is they throw out nominations um when really that particular role um 
maybe isn't as deserving as other other films. You know what I mean? Like he should have won for 42. That, he was in 42. There's a biopic that he was in that was incredible. And that you, Cody even much up. You had mentioned, um, mm-hmm. you know, The Five Bloods was a better yep. performance than this one. I so, 100% think And so. I had said on the, that, the Golden Globes episode, you know, if you want to honor him, then why not give him a Lifetime Achievement Award, right? And again, this is speaking sure. from, like, I haven't seen the performances, um, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to speak to, like, the Oscars track record, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They and you're are- right. Their, their track record, their track record is someone like Anthony Hopkins or Gary Oldman would would generally win. Now, again, the the last time a young actor passed away and had a movie that came out that year, they gave them the the award. Heath Ledger won for playing the Joker, which you know it was a great performance, and maybe he's deserved of. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would have been nominated. Probably not because comic book movies don't get nominated for things. So I, I just don't believe he would have. It's just a shame because Chad, we've lost Chadwick Boseman. He would have had amazing performances ahead. I believe he he's a award-winning caliber actor, but he should have been nominated for Black Panther, and he wasn't because we don't nominate films that, that are superhero movies. He should have won for 42. He should have been nominated for 42. He wasn't even nominated for it. That's a biopic that he was amazing in. The Five Bloods barely even recognized by the Academy this year. So, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's a shame we've lost him. I'm glad they honor him in some way, but yeah, why not honor him in, in the way of an, a lifetime achievement award? Like, why not do that? But yeah. And, and you know. my comment came like, he's not a diversity pick this year because there's no. two other no, he's not. people of color. So I'm glad, I'm glad that he's yeah. not the diversity pick. Yeah. And my fear was that he would be mm-hmm. just given the 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 yeah. trends of the year, right? That, yeah. you know, he passed away this year, um, mm-hmm. but the Oscars are getting better. So to their credit, yeah. it's um, a more diverse category, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually I will, to give a little more credit to the Oscars, this year I don't think you can say there's there's a lack of diversity. There's actually quite a lot. Um, now that that I think has to do with a lot of different factors because there are less movies to choose from this year, but I do think that they're getting better. And I am glad, Cody, you wrote in. Um, you, if something that we've said has has uh, rubbed you the wrong way, we want to hear it. So I'm glad you wrote in. It sounds like you really liked um, Chadwick Boseman's performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I respect that. I personally just don't agree. You and I have, you know, Taylor, you haven't seen the film yet, and, and maybe you will leading up to the Oscars. Maybe you won't have time. But, you know, I, I Cody's seen it. I've seen it. We just disagree. We disagree about his performance, and that's okay. That's kind of the fun of, of doing this. But, uh, yeah, if we if anything we've said ever rubbed someone the wrong way, we want to hear about it. We can try to clear it up, and that's not our intention. So I'm honestly I'm glad you wrote in, Cody. Um, and I say that because the next person who wrote in, it's a little strange as to what they mean, and, and I want some clarification. So we got from Cy on Twitter, also kind of in the Chadwick Boseman conversation, considering your comments about Chadwick Boseman not deserving a Golden Globe nomination and it all being about race, why do you even try anymore? Now, Taylor, I don't know what that 100% means. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> but I also like, why did... do we try, Mike, Mike and Taylor? I don't know. I never um, why... <laughs> said I never said he didn't deserve the Golden Globe because of race. I was, I was the Golden Globe conversation was, and again, I haven't seen the movie, but I was asking Mike, who didn't really like the performance, do you think that 
they only nominated him because he's passed this year. And instead of giving him a Lifetime Achievement Award, they decided to give him a Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that and I, and I stand by my answer to that because my answer to that was yes. So if if I guess you could say yes, I'm saying he doesn't deserve a Golden Globe nomination in this category because I I stand by that. I don't think it was a best actor performance, and I don't think that uh, it, had he not passed away, they would have nominated him. But that doesn't mean you can't give him an award like Lifetime Achievement Award, which, yes, he would be 100% deserving of that. And I do think he's a talented actor. So um, I stand by those comments, though. But, yeah, that that is what I said. Yeah, and I guess, so again, like the Golden Globes conversation is a little bit separate from the Oscars conversation. We really were trying to make the point that um, sometimes awards are given but it's not motivated by the performance. It's motivated by a number of factors kind of like coming together, right? So, um, but in terms of the why do we even, why do we even try anymore? No idea. Don't, don't know what that means. <laughs> don't know what that means. And honestly, like I'll say, I'll say it again. Cody, thank you for writing in and being like clear with what you were talking about and being knowledgeable sigh give us some more details <laughs> send, send us another message on twitter let me know what you're actually talking about and we'll answer the question uh next category best actress in a leading role uh viola davis for ma rainey's black bottom and uh andra no andra andra day for the united states versus billy holiday yep. vanessa kirby pieces of a woman uh francis mcdormand no man land and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. I'm not surprised. There's so much buzz around her, that movie. Not, um, I'm not surprised about many of these, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Like, Pieces of a Woman, was that? Did we talk about that at all? I don't know if I know. We didn't We didn't talk about that at all. But I like Vanessa Kirby was nominated for a Golden Globe as well. Um, we haven't talked about it much. I have seen several previews for it. Um, so it was kind of on my radar. Had you heard about it before? No, I don't even really know who this Vanessa Kirby is. She played somebody in The Crown. Yes. I don't know who, because I don't watch The Crown. Margaret. But she's Princess somebody. Margaret. Okay. It I don't know a... who Princess Margaret is also. I don't know anything about <laughs> the royal family. Uh, the, uh, I think it's the Queen's sister. Oh, Or okay. the Queen's daughter. The Queen's daughter? So they're saying that this is a drama film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll find out because we're going we're gonna to see it. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd heard Buzz around her and she got nominated for other awards. So I'm not too surprised. I've heard nothing but amazing things about this United States versus Billie Holiday movie. So yeah, I'm I've excited heard good to see things. that. And the Oscars love a good biopic. They do. So again, and again, we've got a couple biopics in here. <laughs> right? like the last... I know I always get a little sensitive when people call me out, but I feel like I'm the only one who's like misunderstood between the two of us or whose like comments get taken out of context. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. You're the most controversial person on this podcast somehow. Again, like the Oscars has trends, right? So like (laughs) whether or not a biopic is particularly good, excuse me, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's oh, gonna God. get it's gonna get a nomination, right? So yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is the ultimate example of that. Bohemian so, Rhapsody is the ultimate example. I have no idea. Um, I'm interested to see the Billy Holiday movie. I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm just again, there's 
trends. We know that mm-hmm. the Oscars love biopics. We know that the Oscars love movies about Hollywood, aka mm-hmm. Mank got nominated. Like, yep. but but again, like at least Mank was I really would agree, good. Was really good, whereas <laughs> La La Land wasn't brutal right right? la la land and bohemian rhapsody are the ultimate examples like the fact that bohemian rhapsody was nominated for all those awards and the fact that uh uh the lead actor there won when when taron edgerton wasn't even nominated for rocket man was just like when he was leagues leagues ahead no in terms of of performance exactly and that that that's looking at it from a very objective view taron edgerton outperformed I, sorry, I can't even remember his name. Um, Rami but Malek. Out, Rami Malek outperformed Rami Malek. And I like Rami Malek. It's just he yeah, outperformed he's great. He's an interesting in actor for sure. And, and it's because people love Queen. And so Queen got nominated. Like it's a trend, right? Like it's it's trendy and, and the trends do happen and the Oscars have trends. And you're absolutely right. Um, so you're, you're right. Maybe these movies are not that great. Again, I'm not surprised Viola Davis got nominated. Not that I'm saying she deserves it. I'm just not surprised that these are the four names. These were kind of, or five names, because this was kind of around what I was thinking. I'm excited to see some of these films, but yeah, who knows? I've, I've just heard so much about this movie, United States vs. Billie Holiday, that it, now that she's been nominated twice for the Golden Globes and the Oscars, it makes me go, okay, I want to kind of And I hope it's out. a good biopic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I mean, it's getting, whole, I don't know, it's so hard to say, because like, La La Land got a lot of buzz, The Green Book got a lot of buzz. <laughs> anyway uh let's team up let's uh really go for a stretch and team up a fan question with this um uh, josh wrote in a couple things so i'm going to take two of his for now and we'll we'll put two later in the episode um what is the worst movie you've ever reviewed taylor what's the worst movie you've ever reviewed that's hard but um i've got one i've already got mine ready oh maybe the (laughs) under her skin that was pretty awful <laughs> that yeah was that, is that now is that recency bias or, or do you think that of all the ones we've had you review that's like the worst that one and maybe um i don't know it wasn't i also have the bias of not liking carrie or kira knightley because the kira knightley movie i reviewed was pretty crappy yeah, didn't you hate that movie <laughs> like tear into it for the whole episode i'm pretty so, sure <laughs> i don't know that's a toss-up but again, it might be my bias of not liking ScarJo and not liking Kira Knightley. Although, universe like Nicole agreed with me under her skin, like we did not enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. Neon Demon also wasn't very good. So like all essentially every movie we reviewed for our experimental film. Um, yeah, you you had a rough uh, month. Was, for I had all a rough four movies you went into them. Yeah, the Jim Gyllenhaal <laughs> movie we watched recently wasn't very good. You remember that one? Which one? The he played himself twice, like he, he played himself, or not himself, but like oh yeah, yeah, the the one that Tyler made us watch, Enemy, um, oh, Enemy, yeah, I, geez, I completely put that out on my mind. You know what we never even talked about? I don't understand why it's called Enemy. Uh, isn't like the enemy of himself? He's his own worst enemy. Yeah. I hadn't, honestly, that movie was so terrible. I haven't even like thought about. So is that your worst movie we've ever reviewed? No, it's not. No, I've got a worse one. Her smell? No, not, it's not even her smell. It's a movie that makes a simple favor. Oh, it's a movie that makes me so mad to think about it just because everybody (laughs) likes it so much. And I think it's because the people who I went to see it with, they all really enjoyed it. 
Um, and Did I you just feel like, like you were taking crazy pill. Yes. But I was also the only male of the group that went. And I was kind of like, I could, so I could I'm see, limited on what I can say. I could see that movie. I haven't seen it, but it really, I can see it really just like based on the cast and based on like the storyline and even the director, I could really see people who are really into gossip girl and who are really into like pretty little liars. They would really like that movie. Do you think the Taylor, girls you went to see it with like those? I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to I don't want to say anything. We've had enough controversy on this episode. I don't want to say anything. This is what I will say. And I don't say this often because I don't believe this is true often. I, it made me stupider watching that movie. Like I came out of it and I've lost brain cells. Like it made me dumb. Her smell at least engaged me in some capacity yeah. where like I can debate what I like because I think the premise of her smell I'll admit is like okay I'm kind of on board I'm on board for the lead actor I'm on board for what's going on like I want this to be better than it is um a simple favor is just it I think it does harm it does harm that it exists so that's why it's my pick fair enough um all right (laughs) moving on um best actor in a supporting role Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of the Chicago seven Danielle Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, So I'm going to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah next week, and I'll talk about their performances. Um, But Sasha Baron Cohen gets a supporting actor nominee for The Trial of Chicago 7, not a best actor for Borat, and it was kind of the opposite of the Golden Globes. Yeah, because he got, um, he was nominated for Best Supporting for the Chicago 7 at the Golden Yeah, Globes. no, he was he was nominated for Best Actor and won for, for Borat at the Golden Globes, was not nominated for Chicago 7 at all, but got nominated for Chica- the Chicago 7 here for Supporting. Probably because the Academy wasn't ballsy enough to nominate Borat. <laughs> I think, uh, so again. Actually, <laughs> it's nominated in other categories. For we'll get there. Best Screenplay, maybe? For for the uh, for the gr- the girl who played uh, his daughter, she okay. gets nominated. Okay, so yeah. I'm. This is a, a. I'm glad that the Oscars are bucking trends in this, in this way because I thought they were gonna really like wuss out and you know they wanted to give him a, a nomination but were too afraid to nominate Borat. So I guess that's not the case because they nominated the nope. the female nope. actress but um, i can't remember her name but we'll get to her in the next category but yeah, she was she's great nominated. she was really yeah, good um, that's what i've heard i mean i haven't seen this movie because i don't know if i'm going to but <laughs> she she i've heard she's very good in it. yeah i don't know i don't i to be it's horrible but i have less opinions about the supporting actors no, I mean, and that's fair i mean that's fair and it's also like what what constitutes a supporting actor because danielle kalua and um, Lakeith Stanfield from Judas and the Black Messiah, I would argue they're actually both should be um, lead actors. Like they're, they're the two leads right. of Judas and the Black Messiah. So what, what sometimes people get put in supporting for strange reasons. So I understand why, um, why you would kind of look at this a little differently because it is a little random. It kind of almost seems, I don't know, it's like, I don't know, runner up like participation medal. That's again, I don't know. It's not true. Okay, because, I don't like, think it's that bad. But, it's okay. not, but no, I don't mean it like that bad, but I don't know. I guess I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm like I have less opinions. Like I'm not mm. like Yeah. That's fair. I'll leave it that well, way. 
let me team up a fan question here because now that we've brought up the trial of the Chicago Seven, a direct to Netflix movie, Jamie asks, considering how much streaming took over our movie and TV time this year, do you think that there might be a shift to more of these short one-off series rather than movies? I'm thinking things like Queen's Gambit, WandaVision, and others that really capture people for several weeks. Um, and that some movies could very well become a series rather than releasing a movie. Do you think that there might be a run on more of these limited TV shows? And that's from Jamie. Could happen. I mean, I, I mean, know it's a trendy industry this year. I've probably watched way more limited series and like docu-series than film, mm-hmm. like hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, so I know like just based on my own viewing patterns, um, it's hard. It's hard to say, like, would there be like best, limited series at the oscars i don't know because they are so um they should be though like why can't why can't they include some limited series in these types of things like why does it have to not because they're old and they think tv isn't good (laughs) i don't know like but it's so good now this is the golden age of television we've said it a lot on the show like in a lot of ways television um has kind of like surpassed film and like the at least in the last like even pre-pandemic, we had been talking about like prestige television. A lot of time, prestige television is better than any of the films or on par with the films that are in the best movie category. Um, so certainly, like I would, I think it would be cool to see limited series um, at the Oscars. Whether or not the Oscars are going to change and adapt, like I'll hold my breath. I mean. Netflix is fighting. You mean you won't hold your breath? Yeah, yeah, I won't hold, I <laughs> if won't you hold, hold my breath. You'll die. Yeah. Um, but just seeing how um, Netflix has to fight tooth and nail to be included in film festivals, it's going to be a while before we see that, like, like TV, like quote unquote TV or television. Um, I think we'll, it'll be a while. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think you have a, a real good point there. Quick apology to our CFRC listeners. You're going to be uh, fading out of this episode because we're going to go a little over time. So go to our podcast um, and download the rest of our talk as we wrap up some fan questions and the Oscars. Um, we just we had so much to talk about. We had to keep going. So apologize that our CFRC listeners are currently leaving us. Um, but uh, go download the podcast and you'll get all the uh, information on our next couple questions. Okay, going into Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Maria Baklava for Borat's subsequent movie film. Yep. Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah. Can we talk about this in That a was a controversial oh. film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Olivia yeah. Coleman, The Father. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, Mank. And Youngjoon Yoon for Minari. Um, so yeah, I mean, so this is where, this is where some other surprises came in because again, another Minari nomination, um, this is one of those films that like snuck in like a lot. I think it's right up there with, with Mank and the father. I think there was like four films that had like a bunch of nominations Mm -hmm. this year. So Minari kind of is getting up there. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Hillbilly Elegy because the Glenn Close thing, again, to me, this, this film gets one nomination randomly in there and it's Glenn Close. Maybe she was just amazing. I don't know. I guess so. Like, <laughs> but it, it's just again, it's it's it, it puts me in a difficult position. Okay, that's I I think about these awards, Taylor, and, and referral back to me. Okay, I got to now. Should I watch this movie? Like, do I need to watch this to kind of see how her performance stands up against everyone else? Like, 
it you know it's an inch, it's interesting that they get another one of these it's kind of what i like about the oscars though if i'm being honest i like that you get these random movies that you now go maybe i should go discover yeah. this i mean again i like the male category i don't have like super strong feelings um you know Oh, right. You think it's Constellation. No, I <laughs> that's the quote we're going to get you on. <laughs> I reject that comment. Um, it's just more so like, I just honestly, like, it's not on my radar very much. Um, yeah, so I don't have strong feelings. It will be interesting. I just, Hillbilly, hillbilly Eulogy or Effigy, um, I just, I had wanted to see it because it does have a pretty good cast. Amy Adams is in it as well. Um, and then some comments came out that maybe like it's portraying it like doesn't portray kind of like the working poor very well or whatever like apparently it's not I don't know it's supposed to be like an ode to I think it's I again I haven't I'm admitting my full ignorance I haven't read all these articles and I don't know exactly what the movie's about but there was some controversy about this film um so that's why that movie is more on my radar than other ones other ones because I was like Oh, I'm gonna watch this movie and then started seeing kind of these negative takes on the film well now so, I have yeah. to watch it I mean if there's negative takes I have to watch it to see you know is it just uh, is it negative takes for the sake of negative takes or are there actual things here so now I gotta watch it so you've just I think it me. was being like accused of being kind of like almost sensational in its portrayal right. because right. like it is um, I think it is about like um, you know, lower class or like people living in poverty. Um, and so they're like, this is what like, oh, you know, they've kind of made Amy Adams look a little dowdy. And they're like, oh, this is what the filmmaker thinks that like, <laughs> working class. Women. Anyways, that seems to be the sense I was getting from these, these headlines. So interesting. Okay. If anyone's well, seen the movie, let me know. And you know, Honestly, I've I've officially added it to my list. So between now and, and April twenty fifth, when the Oscars are, I will be seeing this movie. So um, we'll we'll find out and we'll talk about it on the show. Um, speaking of of the fact that we still get random movies uh, thrown in there, even though not a lot have come out this year, uh, Khalil asks. Um, I hope I said your name right. Please correct me if I didn't. Um, over Instagram, consider how many films uh, that came out in in 2020 but were moved due to covid i have personally felt that it's actually been a little easier for me this year to see films that were nominated for big awards often in years past i haven't heard a lot of the films but at least i was able to see many of them maybe it's just me but it seems like there are less films that actually came out um, and the ones that did come out were in easier places for me to find did you both notice anything like that this year? Do you think that there are less films out or do you think it's just the same amount of films, but they're available directly in our homes? So that's from Khalil on uh, Instagram. Um, I mean, I think it's a little of both. I haven't, like crunched, we're talking about. I haven't crunched the numbers, but just based on the amount of movies that were pushed back, I think it's safe to say yes fewer movies were released this year and they they were all very like we talked about it being being accessible like Streaming. these movies are coming out on on amazon prime and yeah. and and netflix and crave and hulu and and that has a lot of advantages because i i think you're pointing out a very good point we were all able to kind of see these movies whenever we want and like i can already of all the movies i made like you know i i just wrote down a list from the Oscars. These are the movies I really need to see over the next month and a half. Many of them I can get on streaming. 
Yeah. One night in Miami, I can get on streaming. I can watch that tomorrow. Promising Young Woman, I can watch that tomorrow. A couple of them are coming to the screening room, and we're lucky that we'll you know be able to see them there. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's I think it's a little of both. I should. Um, I think it would have been. It is an easier year to keep up with things. Um, have I kept up with things? No. <laughs> I just have the pandemic fatigue, and I had mentioned a couple questions back, like I definitely have been more drawn to limited series as opposed to film this year. I think just, um, you know, like brain power, right. Mm -hmm. And like looking Mm -hmm. more for escapism. So really my go-to media this year has been true crime. Um, So I've been watching a ton of true crime. And when I could have been watching film on like Netflix and Amazon, (laughs) I was just like watching YouTube videos of, a person doing their makeup and talking about murder. So, um, yes, long and the short of it is, in my opinion, fewer movies were released. Yes, it likely was much easier to keep on top of things. And I think that's good. Like, not necessarily, like, releasing less movies, but the fact that movies were much more accessible. I think that's great. Like, keep keep doing that. Um, the last categories we're going to talk about are the writing ones. And then we have a couple just uh, random facts I'm going to throw in at the end to kind of wrap things up. Um, best Adapted Screenplay nominations went to uh, Borat, subsequent yes. movie film, The Father, No Man Land, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. I don't know that one. I don't know White Tiger either. Um, one night in Miami, I'm, I'm, you know, it's good that they got kind of recognized somewhere. And I know Leslie Odom Jr. Um, received nomination as well. So they got some, uh, some people were saying they should have gotten the best picture. I'm, I'm really interested to see it. So I can't wait to see that movie. Um, but yeah, Borat getting an adapted screenplay nomination. I mean, th- there you go about the, the Academy taking some chances, Taylor, that they normally would. Good for them. Good for the, see, you know, an old dog can learn new tricks, those Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. curious what it would have been adapted from. I imagine... Like the character? Because... The, well, yeah, probably because it's a sequel, but also because they're kind of dealing with real-life things and they're adapting to it and doing things around them. Like, he didn't come up with this out of the blue. He, he The film's created over the things that are happening, the political climate, covid happening so i imagine that that that's why they put it there could it be because it's borat was originally a tv character was he yeah like i didn't know that he i'm pretty sure so sasha baron cohen used to do like sketch like have sketch characters on tv like the ali g show and stuff cool okay i i didn't know that 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 could make sense so like i wonder if it's like the character outline like the character sketch that's been like adapted for film. I wonder that maybe, I don't know. <laughs> well, that could make sense. No, that, that would be, I mean, that would fall under their, uh, their, you know, what makes uh, something An adaptation. adapted. Yeah. It would have to be something like that. Um, so that makes sense. Um, and then the best original screenplay nominees are for Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Um not huge surprises here. Again, Sound of Metal is here and Minari is here. So those are now on, on the list. Um, Promising Young Woman, I've heard a lot of buzz about. Sh- Trial of Chicago 7, that's Aaron Sorkin. I get it. I get why this is here. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, yep, I could see. I could kind of see that. Again, you'll, you'll get my thoughts next week. But I don't think there are huge 
surprises here on like adapting where I think they took a swing and I don't know what the white tiger is. So this one, at least we've heard of all of these films. They're kind of the ones getting a lot of buzz. So I just quickly wanted to look up the sound of metal. It's about a drummer, a hard rock drummer. So, um, I mean, maybe it's not even remotely like whiplash, but another Oscar movie that the Oscars loved whiplash, the drumming movie. Yeah, that's true. uh, (laughs) And they didn't like her smell, the other hardcore rocker movie. So, we'll see. Tells you something. Um, Interesting uh, little sort of side note before I get to kind of the the last couple questions here is that Tenant was only nominated for two Oscars. Please do not Uh, say sound mixing. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Uh, Surprising. Once again, the Academy got it right. Uh, somehow again they they were nominated for best achievement in visual effects and best achievement in production design okay uh, we got a fan question as well from andrew who said how many noms do you think tenant will get the, this is the two that i had hoped and thought they would get because the practical effects were pretty good it was a good mix of cgi and practical stuff and the production design was pretty good as well i was afraid they were going to get sound nominations I was terrified they were going to get sound nominations, but this is one of the worst sounding movies I've ever been to. So <laughs> I'm glad. But to answer Andrew's question, these are the two I thought they'd get. I'm glad it's only two. I was afraid it was going to be more, but Tenet only got two. And again, I think the Oscars are learning here, which yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, like the sound, the sound nominations are like, you know, Greyhound. Which we talked about. We knew. You know, I, I we talked knew about, about it. Any war movie always gets any war, and and in this case, pretty well deserved. Yeah. I mean, the sound is good. You know, Mank for best sound. News of the World, which I I haven't uh, haven't had a chance to see. Uh, that's the Soul. Tom Hanks movie. That's just the Tom Hanks movie. So two Tom Hanks movies for best sound. Uh, Soul, which is also nominated for uh, best animated and feature. probably best original song. I bet. Yep. Uh, and then Sound of Metal for best sound. So the sound in these films seem to be based upon like, you know, you get a lot of music in Sound of Metal, music and soul, and the way I think that it was used that people are saying, not just sound effects, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last fan questions that I wanted to get to, we're just kind of wrapping up this Oscars discussion. Um, so Austin wrote in and said, I'm sure you're planning to go over this on your show, but if not, I'd like to ask to be sure, would you both be able to name anything you saw in 2020 that you would have nominated for an Oscar this year? Any snubs based on what you've reviewed on the show? Um, several of your see it's that I got to see last year, I thought were actually quite good and would have nominated for some Oscars. Do you feel that anything was snubbed? So any snubs that we think um, existed here? I mean, I'll just go first and say two two quick things. One that I've already brought up. I think The Five Bloods is a much better movie than getting very little. It got a couple random nominations here and there, but like it didn't really get recognized in the big way that I think it should have. And then um, Uncle Frank was one yeah. of the best movies of 2020. And it's not on here in any way. So that, to me, that's a snub. Um, I can't really speak to any snubs. Because again, like, I'll be honest, guys. It's been a rough year and my movie watching took a hit. But hey, was I not here every week giving you quality free entertainment? So that <laughs> oh, you're itself... just not going to answer the question. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I... 
for best original song, was there was any um fire saga song the the Will Ferrell movie we watched this year? Oh, uh, the the one about the Eurovision. Yeah, thing? did any Eurovision songs get nominated for best original song? Uh, no. So that's a snap. oh yes, yes, oh. actually yes, okay, good. one did. Sorry, uh, let me. I'll, I'll yes, so um, it did. Uh, which one? Do you have it up? Husavik, Husavik from Eurovision Song Contest. I don't. I, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, that's like the name I don't of know the town. Right. Yeah, um, that's the that's the that's what got nominated. So yeah, that was one. Okay, because the... I would have said if no none of that music got nominated, that's a snub. Again, the Oscars yeah. being too cowardly to go there. Um, otherwise, like no, like I think you know I'm glad that Mink. I'm really glad that Amanda Seyfried got a nomination for Best Supporting Actress. That was kind of like what I was like biting my nails about because again, she's one of those actresses that I think she's in a lot, but ne- is is often underutilized and I think this was one of the first movies where like you really get to see like her true star potential like not just like in terms of being like a wonderful actress so I was pleasantly surprised with that obviously I really enjoyed Mank it got nominated in the categories I thought it would get nominated in I'm happy Borat got some uh some nominations so I would say overall like um the risks that I hoped the Oscars would take, they they did. Um, yeah. So we're I think seeing things, growth. Yeah, are slowly getting better, and that's good. There's always more room to grow, and there's lots of things that, like Nicole's pointed out, like we've talked about today, there's lots of things that need to keep getting better um, with these awards and with, with the movie industry and with life in general. Let's not just make it about movies. Um, but there's growth here. If you look at the these Oscar nominations and you look at this this list of of what the Oscars have done, there's chances that were taken. There's diversity that's here. Maybe your favorite thing wasn't nominated. Maybe a few things got snubbed here and there. Maybe there's things you take out, but that's getting into personal opinion. That's not oh there there's nobody who isn't white that's nominated. There's diversity here. There's growth. I'm glad they took some swings. There's more to go, but hey, it's it's definitely something that will always be snubs. There's always going to be things. Um, let's end this episode on, on a quick reflection. Josh <laughs> wants to know in his final questions, what's your favorite and least favorite moment and memory from screening in Kingston ever Taylor? Do you, yeah. Do you have a favorite and least favorite moment or memory from screening in Kingston? Oh, it's, so it's tough. I would say um, my favorite memories are often when we play the, like, the games that are suggested by our viewers. So, you know, whether it be fan casting or um, Mike, when you had me like describe Marvel plots or like you read me Marvel plots and I had to like, (laughs) most of those are Austin's uh, creation. Yeah. (laughs) All of that. Like, I love that. I love when the, the fans write in, I love when they give us games to play or suggestions for movies to review. So all of that would be my favorite least favorite (laughs) I don't like when I get the you know either I'm too conservative for our listeners or too liberal um I don't like when I mean I know Mike said you enjoy when people like call us out and like in some regards I do like that but sometimes I feel like people are maybe a little I don't know they're twisting my words (laughs) 
you you do get pointed out more specifically than I yeah. do. So I get that. I get why that would be. Uh, that That's would be hard. I think people forget maybe that like I'm just like a real person. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I I probably say I, I probably said worse things. Like if I'm being honest, but I also like I don't know. I I've never said or anything on the show that I wouldn't back up. So. I think I do back up what I say. You do all the time. You always. <laughs> I guess that's hard. I reasons. feel like I often have to. I guess I have to not to be like, oh, woe is me. But I do feel like, Mike, I have to back myself up more than you guys. That's, oh, that's sure. my least favorite thing about the show. Oh yeah, like a two to one ratio, easy. Yeah, <laughs> you you one hundred percent have to. Um, yeah, and that that makes sense. And I think we all can just you know call call us out equally on stuff or uh or at least have like real reasons why you're writing in don't write in weird stuff because we get it out a few times we got I've had a few people write in like just weird things <laughs> that uh, i don't really understand what you're trying to say here um complaining for the sake of complaining i think and not actually having something real to say um yeah i i think you pointed out probably my favorite memory as well from the show is it's always when our fans do a lot of the work for us and come up with these cool things. Like I've loved our movie clubs. Yeah. I think they're great ideas. I think like Tyler's had some awesome ideas and I've loved having Nicole on and just guests. I love bringing guests in and interviewing people and chatting with people and having guest hosts and, and bringing in, it's nice to come back to, to you and me as well, but it's always nice to, to have different people come on and do different fun things. So anytime it's something unique, I've, I've enjoyed doing. And yeah, I think my, my least favorite like memory or moments is, is where, where we, someone mainly Taylor's words are being taken out of context or twisted or, or someone writes in, it doesn't explain themselves. And like, again, I want to be very clear. I like the way at least Cody framed yes. what, what he was saying, where he, he had, here's what was said. I understand it could not have been meant this way, but here's kind of how I reacted. I like that better than, you know, what didn't someone say like, who do you think you are or something yeah. or, or. We do, you know, (laughs) and like we get like random things. At least Cody like had well thought out like opinions. And I respect that. Yes. I don't respect people who just come in and are just like, I'm anonymous and I'm going to yell at you. Like like when I was Uh, called uh, like a, you know, I hated women. And then the time that I said we should wear face masks, those are all (laughs) not golden moments. (laughs) You've, you've, you've told people to wear face masks and that was wrong. Uh, You, you are both too, too conservative, but also not conservative enough. And you're like, that's the thing that when they come up to you, it's always contradictory. Like people are just never happy. (laughs) with Whatever you do, but Hey, (laughs) credit to you though, because you bring it every week and you don't really, it may affect you, but you don't care. Because you do it. Yeah, I do <laughs> like it. You bring it. You you bring your comments <laughs> and you don't let people stop you. So I say I haven't quit yet. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yet, she says. Um, let's uh, let's all just take it a little easy on Taylor. Come after me. I'm fine with that. Everybody. Come you on, did you get the one in. comment like you weren't like supporting male comedies enough. <laughs> like there was the comment, what? like there was the comment about like how, you know, um, men can't like joke like how they used to in the 90s and the viewer the listener wanted like mike are you going to talk about this like oh yeah that was weird (laughs) me specifically yeah (laughs) yeah no like aren't you going to address the fact that we can't laugh at the things we used to laugh at Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, okay. Yeah, you remember these things better than I do. Jeez, I didn't even remember that. Um, yeah, I, I think that those types of things happen. And again, if you if you have a reason 
that's not based in something offensive. I'm fine to hear it. But yeah, when those types of comments come in, it's like, okay, come on. Um, usually we only read them to show how ridiculous the person is. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to be taken seriously like Cody, have well thought out thoughts, we'll respond to it. And there you go. Everyone goes home happy. Otherwise we might um, make fun of it. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to make fun of you, just like we do, you know, just like we make fun of uh, each other. Uh, Army Hammer. And each other. <laughs> and, and each other, exactly. So, yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, there you go. That brings us to the end of the episode. Um, extra long one for those of you who like us. Uh, for those of you who seem tortured by listening to us, I don't know why you're still listening and writing in, but uh, <laughs> glad you're stuck around too, keep, I guess. Keep doing uh, it, they, I guess. <laughs> keep doing it. Yeah, I guess whatever works for you. Uh, but thank you, everybody. And again, we'll we'll be back with, we're going to talk so much about these movies leading up. Yeah. I, we're going to dedicate the next couple of weeks to just catching up, trying to, to get ready for the Oscars. Might throw in a couple movies from a hat too. Who knows? Um, we'll have a lot of fun over the next few weeks, but thank you everyone for listening and thank you to all the fans for writing in really do appreciate uh for hearing from most of you except for sigh um so yeah thank you again for for writing in everybody go streams the movies thank you for listening to the screening in kingston podcast recorded at cfrc at queen's university in kingston ontario queen's university sits on the traditional lands of the hananoshabi and anashabi peoples we would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.